What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church podcast. Remember, you can always connect with us at fathomchurchjacks.com and on all your social media platforms as well as on YouTube. We just want to remind you about our Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. It's a very different podcast, different than our normal sermon. It's really just a conversation, casual, engaging chat between some of our leaders on faith, life, and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. So if you haven't had a chance to listen in, we hope you will head over there to Fathom Beyond Sunday and check out our podcast. For now, let's jump into the message. I'm excited about today. We're taking uh, our third part in our series called The Light, Um, but I literally, I'm just having trouble for a lot of reasons, but I can't believe like, like, the end of the year is like two weeks away. Like, anybody else? Like, I just, did this year happen? Like, what, what has been happening? Like, I feel like we're just gonna, it's crazy that it's 2021, and, but we're in this season of Advent um, together, and it's not 2021 yet. It's coming, you know what I mean? Um, uh, we're in this season of Advent together, and Advent, for those of you that don't know, just, it, it means waiting, it means expectation, it means anticipation, the church has long celebrated this um, to, to look forward to the, not only Christ um, uh, coming to the earth when the, fl- uh, when the word of God came and, and uh, took on flesh and made his dwelling among us, but also now we, we celebrate the return of Christ, that he will come again, and so we wait with anticipation even as we see the groanings of the earth, as we hear just the, the labor pains of what God is bringing forth um, but he's preparing the bride for himself, and we as his church are the bride. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but brides, there's a lot to get prepared for, <laughs> you know? Uh, I've never been a bride, um, I wouldn't know, but <laughs> I've watched brides get prepared, and they stress over the details, and, and, and we, they want everything to be right. And I just want to tell you, if you're watching online or in person, and you know Jesus, but you're not where you need to be in your relationship with the Lord, I, I want to encourage you just to prepare like the wedding's coming. You know what I mean? Like prepare your heart and prepare your life. I'm not, I'm not saying try to get perfect. And that's actually kind of what I want to talk about today is just coming home to the Lord and coming back to the Lord uh, in the right spirit, in the right heart for what God wants um, where he wants us to be and, and to get a picture of Jesus' heart because I feel like after this year that we've been through, um, we're, a lot of us, are, we're just tired and we're exhausted and Camden has a very special word for this that I want to introduce you to. When he's like so tired, he's so exhausted, it's like disgusting how exhausted he is. He calls it Disasted. I'm feeling disasted. I love it. And so it's like a family word that we give to you. Like when you're like, no, no, like I'm beyond the point of exhaustion. I'm d- disgusted. I'm disasted. <laughs> and um, and I, I, as I've just talked to people, I feel like talking to leaders, I'm talking to pastors, I'm talking to, to just people throughout our church and our community. I'm hearing a lot of people say the same things that They've got some weird things going on in their life and in their bodies, and they don't really know what it's about. Um, I was talking with one of our, our staff this week, and, and uh, they were talking about how their eyes twitch, and I'm like, yeah, my eyes have been twitching for a few weeks, too. I'm like, you know what that is, right? And uh, I had a nurse tell me, it's stress, it's, it's stress. And, um, 
And, and, and I'm finding that a lot of people are, have just a lot of physiological symptoms for, I think, really the state of our emotions and our heart and our bodies, and that we're tired. And I'm guessing over the next week or two, you're going to find some kind of time to slow down in the craziness of life. Maybe you've, you've gotten vacation already. Maybe you're going to get some time to slow down and stop. And when you do, it's probably going to hit you that I'm, I'm really tired. And, and I want to turn to a text this morning um, because last week I taught on packing light and, and how Jesus is the light of the world in our life, right? And then we are called to also be the light of the world. And I find that a lot of us will, will receive that message and get excited about it. And then we walk out the door and that light gets extinguished by the first relational struggle we've got going on, by the, the worry about our finances, right? The light's there, but then our minds, and we get caught up in what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about the parable of the sower, is that it kind of gets choked out. The, the light gets choked out. The seeds get snatched out by all the other things in this life. And so I, I just, I want to turn to a text in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, in which Jesus gives us a clear picture of his heart for us in this season. And that's that the burden that he gives us and all the burdens and weariness of this life, his burdens light for us. Let's read together. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden or heavy burdened, uh, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Um, for I am gentle and humble in heart, or I have a lowly heart, it gets translated sometimes. And you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to talk to you today about how to not burn out. Anybody ever found yourself in a place in your life like, I'm just burn out, I'm exhausted. And I, I heard a statistic recently that's really a... Um, uh, a guess, um, a hypothesis based on the data that they're finding now. First of all, mental health in America is as bad as it's ever been. And so when everybody's telling you, I'm good, I'm okay, and when you're telling yourself, um, some of you guys will remember the series we did um, uh, not too long ago, um, I'm, I'm not okay, is that what, what a, yeah, I'm not okay, we started, I kind of came back from vacation on, on that stuff. Um, and where uh, we just keep telling ourselves, and then eventually we're okay, and, and, and the reality is that, that most of us are not okay. <laughs> we're telling ourselves we're okay, we're pushing through, but really, we're really weary, and we're really burdened about a lot of things in our life right now, and it's coming out in a lot of ways. Anger, return to old addictions, uh, coming back to, or, or grabbing new addictions. We're looking in all these wells and we're finding these outlets, our eyes twitching to deal with these things, losing sleep, our diet's not, our stomach's upset. I mean, all kinds of different ways in our lives that it's kind of coming out that we're really not okay, but it's important that if we're going to be in the light of the world and we feel the darkness of our world, we can't burn out. And the data says that like the beginning of 2021 will usher in the largest transition for pastoral leadership, for senior leadership in the history of the church. Like, because we've just been powering through, you know, and, 
And, and I, so I want to encourage you, if you're watching online and you attend another church and you're a part of another church, encourage your leaders at church here at Fathom. I want, I want to encourage you to find people that you know that carry a heavy burden and heavy load here, and I want you to encourage them. I've, I've talked to so many pastors, and, 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 and they've, their, their staff has burned out, and, and they've moved on. They've gone to other places. Their key volunteers have just said, hey, I'm, 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 I'm exhausted, <laughs> you know, and, and they burn out. And, and we've, we've all been at places like that in our life, but I want to teach you how to not burn out. Really, Jesus wants to teach us how to not burn out so that we can be the light of the world. And first, he says what? Come to him. We've we got to come to me. That's, that's what he says. I'm saying come to him. That's the first thing of how to not burn out. We've got we to come to him. Back in 2014, I, I look around this room, and I think of some of you who were a part of Fathom, um, must that have been six years ago, seven years ago? Um, at, at the beginning of 2014, 2013 was an incredibly long year. 2012 was a long year. 2013 was even longer, but it, it was, for me, it was my 2020. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really was. It was, I was, we had pushed through, we had planted the church in January of 2013, and things were were great in a lot of ways, and um, I had given myself emotionally, physically, and spiritually to the call that was on our life to plant this church, and um, we had muscled through, and I, was, I felt good. I didn't feel exhausted. I didn't feel burnt out, but 2014 flipped around, and things just kind of settled down, and I realized I'm, I'm in a bad place right now. I'm in a bad place, and I was driving into the office one Friday morning, and I had a come to Jesus meeting. You ever have a come to Jesus meeting? We, we need those. And what Jesus is saying is if we'll come to him, then, then he wants to give us something. He says, I'm going to give you what? Rest. And he's not talking about physical rest, though some new moms would be like, I could take some rest. Some people who are business owners would be like, I could use a little bit of extra rest. But he, he says, if you'll come to me, I'm going I'm to give you rest. And he's not talking about that physical rest. He's talking about a deep spiritual rest in him that Oftentimes, we distract ourselves from acknowledging that we don't have. We just keep playing the part. We just keep faking it until we make it, but really, we're very close to burning out, and, and, and we're tired. And Jesus' invitation to come to him is not to people who have it all together. Who is it to? It's people who are weary, people who are tired, people who are heavy burdened. I think so many times when I talk to people, maybe they, they haven't, um, I haven't seen them in a while, maybe they've been worshiping online, or they've fallen out of that, and maybe they, they, we haven't been in person in a while, and, and, and they'll say, Pastor, I'm, I'm getting back in church. He said, I need to get back in church. He said, but I just got to get some things squared away in my life first. You ever said that? You ever said that? I just got to get some things in life. I just need to get my life together a little bit. And like, that's not who Jesus says to come to him. He, he says if you're weary, that's, you can come to him. Come to him just as we are. Not in like this cleaned up version of ourself that everything's perfect, but the honest version of where we're at. And Jesus is talking to a predominantly Jewish audience. And when he says, some translations will say heavy laden or heavy burdened, he's really speaking to them, to a group of people. Because Judaism has like the, the law, right? So which we know is like the Torah or the Pentateuch. That's the first five books of the Bible. But the, the Torah, the law, 
that was given to them, and it was expanded, and, like, and it eventually became 613 laws. And, and there was this group out of Judaism called the Pharisees. I've taught on this time, times before. But they were a group that were like, these other Jews, man, they're just not serious about God. They're not serious about keeping the laws. Like, they're not, they're not tying up, you know, the law on their, their arms and their forehead, their phylacteries, as they're called. They're not, they're not really practicing. Their heart's not in it. So what we're going to do is we're going to be like, we're going to be for real Jews. And we're going to really teach the law. And we're going to create, we're, we're, we're going to make sure, we're going to come up with all these other laws and so that we'll really obey it. And we'll keep ourselves from falling into that territory. You, you follow me? You ever heard this with Christians? Like they just come up with all these extra rules so that they won't fall into that. They're kind of better than everybody else. And, more whole. and that's kind of who these Pharisees were. And, and, and Jesus is really talking to the Jews who are being burdened by Pharisees. And let me just tell you, if I'm, I'm talking to believers, and I, I know not everybody's here in a relationship with God, who maybe is that point of faith, and I'm glad you're here online or in person, but let me just talk to, to Christians for a minute. Like, Pharisees are always going to be around. And the enemy would love to use them to burden you so that you get, get into this religious thing where you've got to keep up with a bunch of rules, and if you don't do all these things, then God's not going to love you. And it becomes a heavy burden, and Jesus' first command to us is, is, it's an invitation, really. He says, come to him. Come to me. And, he's, and there's a promise that follows that to give us rest. We're going to talk more about that in a few minutes. But first, we've got we to gotta come to him. I think all of us in this season today, in, these, in, our, in our response time here in just a few minutes, maybe at your seat or at this altar, I want to encourage you to, to, to come to him. And, and maybe just ask yourself here for just a moment. Maybe you'll write this in a notebook or maybe you'll write this in your phone and just say, I'm, if I'm honest, if I'm really honest, just between me and Jesus, I'm weary because of this. Like fill in the blank. I'm burdened about this. Just, just fill in the blank. Get, get honest about it. And I think it's important, just a couple things before we move on. It's important that we realize that it's not sin to be tired. It's not. In fact, I think we ought to live t- lives in which we get weary. If you're not, I don't think you're pouring your life out as a drink offering back to the Lord. I think we ought to pour ourselves out emotionally to people. Because so many of us, we live, and I'm just going to protect my emotional health. I just can't be around people who are hurting. How are you going to be the light in the dark place if you're just going to protect yourself from your kind of um, my emo? I can't let anybody in my emotional bubble because that's just going to drain me. We're called to be a service to people, a blessing to people. And we can't do that if we're always worried about ourselves not getting tired or burnt out. So that's not what Jesus is saying here. In fact, I think we ought to live lives in which we get physically tired. Jesus himself was physically tired. He was emotionally exhausted in the garden. He was spiritually giving his life for all of mankind. And what he's asking us to do is just give ourselves back to him and to the one that's in front of us. It's a gift to him. So don't worry about trying to protect yourself from getting, t- getting tired. No, no, get tired, giving yourself for the cause of Christ, and then find your renewal and always come to him. That's what he's saying. There's an invitation to come to him who are weary 
and heavy burdened. And secondly, he, he says, if we're not going to burn out, we got to we got to take his yoke. I need a couple of volunteers. I need a couple of volunteers. I don't want to break. You guys got iPhones on everything here, so I'm going to try to keep this on here, Bill or whoever this is. I need a couple of kids. Can I get a couple of kids up here? A couple of kids. There you go. Yep. Come on, McKinney. Yeah, yeah. One of you come. Lee, you're not. Oh, come on, Emma. You're good. You're good. One of them are going to come. Either one. No, I just need two. I just need two. All right. Y'all come on. I got two here. Y'all come here. All right. So y'all stand up and look out that way. All right, y'all come closer together. Act like you're friends. I know you're friends. <laughs> Scoot closer together. All right, so here's what a yoke is. Here's what Jesus is, is referring to. He's actually talking about a couple of things. A yoke is something, and it, it's not a mic stand, but it's like a wooden thing, and you, you, you're trying to tell her, sorry, is that poking you a little bit? Yeah, 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 just put that on your shoulder there. Put that on your shoulder there, Emma. Yeah, there you go. Grab it. Awesome. So a yoke is like a, a piece of, of wood that would be tied to two animals, like two mules or something, and, and they would be used to plow a field. And, and what I've learned, it's called animal husbandry. I've talked about this in the past. It's called animal husbandry, that when you train horses to plow together. So this is what he was talking about. Jesus is talking about this thing right here that's on uh, a, a mule's shoulders. All right, hang on to it, McKenna. I don't want it to draw that job. I don't want to pay for that iPhone. So, um, <laughs> so he's talking about this, but he's also talking about Judaism. That the yoke is commonly referred to. It was known in Judaism that the law was a yoke. It, when I mentioned phylacteries, what those were were little boxes that the people would tie up on their arms or their heads that was filled with the scriptures that they had memorized. They didn't have the written word. It was, it was oral tradition. They, mem- they memorized it. When they were disciples, they memorized the word of God. Right? And we're, we're like, I can't memorize one verse. They memorized books. <laughs> right? But th- that's what they would do. And they would tie it up. And so they really saw Judaism. That's hurting. Okay, I'm just going to take this off you. And that's, and that's what Jesus does for us. He takes the yoke off. All right, y'all can sit down. The, the picture is there. The picture is there. Um, I just wanted you to visualize it. There, there's so much here in this, w- this phrase, that, this word that Jesus uses, yoke. Um, and he, he invites the Jews that are in his audience at that time. He says, I want you to take my yoke. Not the yoke of the law that you've been strapped to and enslaved to. No, I want, to take, I want you to take my yoke upon you because my yoke is what? Easy. easy. Is following Jesus easy? <laughs> I heard some laughter out there because it's not easy. It's not easy. But, but it is easy. <laughs> but it is easy. It's not easy in application, but to, to receive it and to receive his yoke and the life that Jesus wants us to, it's a, it's a light burden that he calls us to. He calls us into a relationship. See, the Jews were in a relationship with the law, and Jesus is calling us into a relationship with him to take his yoke, to get in there with him. Because the, here's the reality is that about animal husbandry that I was referring to a minute ago. Like one horse by itself can plow, I don't know, I'm going to make up some things because I didn't research this out, I've, I have it before, but um, it can, let's say can plow an acre by itself in half a day, right? But two animals doing that together, two horses together could plow like five or seven, let's say seven because that's like God's number, seven acres together, but if you train the two horses, if, if they're trained in it, if they learn, 
from their master how to do this, then they can do double that. They can do like 14,000 acres, right? So my numbers are off there. I'm making up the numbers because I don't remember them. But the math is the same. Like the, the multiplication is what I'm trying to let you know that when we learn of how to get in from Jesus, when we really get in his yoke and actually learn from him, then we can accomplish far more. And when we're doing that together with him and not in a burdensome way and weary and we're actually learning to come to him, we're not gonna burn out. And that's his heart for us. And that's the third thing is that we need to, we need to learn from him. Not just to take his yoke that's light and easy, but, but to learn from him. This is what it means to be a, a disciple. It means to learn I was talking to a pastor friend of mine this week, and he's an awesome man of God and a great teacher, and you'll hear from him next year. And, and he was uh, sharing with me just his heart for the church right now and some of the things he's struggling with in, in their church. And he said, you know, I just feel like the church right now, they really need pastoral care. They need to be cared for. And I 100% agree with that. But he, he said like a, a disclaimer after that that I disagree with. I completely agree with that. And he, he said, I just don't think people... I care anything about learning right now. And, and I, I kind of want to take that phrase because I think he's right that a lot of people are not focused on learning right now. They are focused on trying to survive, trying to manage their emotions, trying to control their household, trying to make sure they keep their head above water, trying to build their kingdom of their own. But I would say it's crisis that actually expedites learning. And this is one of the greatest times we have to be learning from God. Because many of us are weary and we are heavy burdened. And if we'll do what Jesus says, we're not going to burn out. We'll run and not grow weary. We'll mount up on wings like e- with eagles. This is his heart for us. This is what it means to be a disciple. And this is Jesus' command and mission of our life, if you are a believer online or in this room and you want to know what is my purpose in life, Jesus gave it to us. It's to live a life for his glory and renown. To live our life as worship unto God. But Jesus stated it plainly in Matthew 28 and it's our mission statement as a church to go make disciples. We can't make disciples if we're not being a disciple, which is about learning. It's about growing. And so as we're asking ourselves this question of, of am, what, what am I weary? What am I burdened about right now? As we're writing that down, as we're thinking, am I in the right yoke? And just to clarify on that previous point, if, if you find the commands of God burdensome, you're in the wrong yoke. If you find everything God asks you to do, I was like, oh gosh, he, I have to go to this Bible study. I feel like I'm supposed to go to this group and learn. I feel like I'm supposed to get involved and do this thing. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to talk to my neighbor about Jesus. And it's like, I have to, I have to, I have to. No, no, we gotta get in the right yoke. Because his commands are not burdensome. His burden is light and, like, and easy. And, and this is, it should be the delight of our souls. And some of us, we need to have like that face-to-face, honest conversation with God that everything that he asks us to do is so burdensome and we're in the wrong yoke. It's light. 
It's easy, and he's called us to learn from him. And so in the midst of this crisis, I said at the very beginning of it, so we're all going to be changed. It's just a matter of how we're going to be changed through this. And I think for some of us, like our growth has been expedited in this season. God has done incredible things, but some of us right now, we find ourselves and we're like, I'm struggling to keep my head up, struggling to keep my head above water. Emotionally, I'm, I'm tapped out. My mental health is terrible. And we need to learn from Jesus. We need to come to him. We need to get in the right yoke and, and learn from him. And the promise of Jesus is twofold. There's two promises he gives us here. One is that he's going to give us rest. And the second one is that we're going to find rest. I don't know about you, but when I read that, that he's going to give us rest and then I'm going to find rest, well, which is it, Jesus? Are you going to give it or am I going to find it? Because Oftentimes, when I'm learning from him, he doesn't teach me the way I want to be taught. He teaches the way I need to be taught. We're talking about waiting. We're talking about expectation, anticipation. I hate waiting. I don't like waiting on toast to get done. I don't like waiting on my food to be made. I, I'm just, I struggle with waiting, and God's taught me that in ways I don't want to learn it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We've we got to learn from him however he's teaching us. Through crisis, through breakups, through loss, through grief. I lost my granddad, you know, a couple weeks ago, and he had COVID, you know, when he passed. That was what put him out. Um, and going down there, I'd be kind of be, been distant from everything. And this whole season, you know, you, you see 250,000 dead and you know, I, I've heard so many people, yeah, it's, all, it's this and it's that, and it's people with pre-existing, yeah, it is, it is, you know, my grandfather was one of those, and so I, I view that really different, and so in this season, like, my, my growth of what grieving looks like has been expedited. I've learned to grieve differently. I've learned to mourn with others better as I learned to mourn for myself, and so the way we want to learn that is not, or the, is not how God always teaches us, but he gives us this promise that he's going to give us rest and we're going to find rest. And I think this is a really important distinction that Jesus gives us, because which is it? It's, and the answer is it's both. He's going to give us rest, and we're going to find rest. And this is how God works. This is how God works in his economy of relationship, because he's a covenant God, which is, covenants are, are, are two-sided. As it was with Abraham, it is in Jesus, it's just a new covenant. It's a different kind of yoke. His yoke is easy and his burden is light and that's what we've been called into. But see, in the two-sided covenant, he's going to give this and, and then we're actually going to have to find this too. Um, I, I think this actually paints a picture for eternity for us. In the New Jerusalem when the tree of life is once again, we have access to it. It's restored back to us, Revelation 22. When the new Jerusalem comes down, the new heavens, the new earth, Revelation 21. Like when, when we're there, it kind of paints a picture that goes back to Genesis that the fruit's gonna be there. Think about that with Adam and Eve. Like the, God said to them, you can have anything you want in this garden. Anything. Just don't touch that tree. Don't touch that tree. So he said, you can have all this. He gave them everything in the garden. But they had to go and pull it off the tree. 
It was there. They just had to pull it off the tree. I think the same is true of the rest that Jesus speaks of. He gives it to us. It is there, but we got to tap into it. That means you're going to have to get on your knees and come to him when you're tired, when you're spiritually exhausted, when you're burnt out, when you're at your wits end and your anger is getting the best of you and your emotions are getting the best of you and you've lost grip on your finances and, and, and you're stressed about it. We're going to have to come to him and he's going to give us rest Eternal rest, like the rest that matters for our souls, that everything flows out of the rest of our hearts. He's going to give us that, but we're going to have to find it. Maybe we'll find that rest for our souls by picking up the phone and calling somebody and saying, hey, I need you to pray with me. I'm actually not okay right now. Hey, maybe that's going to happen in the next few moments at this altar, at an altar at your seat. You say, God, I'm weary. I'm carrying this heavy burden, God, and I, I want to come to you just as I am and know this much that I think the whole reason I wanted to come to this scripture, Jesus says, take my yoke and learn from me for I'm what? I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. You know, this is the only time that Jesus like gives us, boom, snapshot, a description from his own lips about his heart. Pastors for ages, theologians for ages, Christians for ages have said this is Jesus' heart and we see that in the heart of God. But this is the only place in scripture in which Jesus says, this is my heart. In, in such explicit terms. And, and he, he, he paints it so vividly I think of the nativity story, that he's gentle. He's gentle. I, we, we got to hold um, uh, one, one of Taryn's little cousins, Davis, yesterday. He's just a sweet little kid. His hair just goes everywhere. He's just born a couple of months ago. Actually, on Taryn's birthday. He shares a birthday with her. And I got to hold him for a minute. And um, he was just so gentle, you know, just a gentle baby. Like, he, he just jumped up and he just snuggled into my thing. And Taryn's like, we're going to need to have one more. And I'm like, here you go. You can have him back. We got to go. <laughs> so, and, uh, and he was just so sweet, so cute and gentle. And that, that's the heart of God for you. All who are weary, all who are heavy burdened, about the relationship, about the business, about your family, about the disease, about the sickness, about all the unraveled things in life. Like, this is his heart for you, and he wants you to know that he's gentle. You can come to him. And he's humble in heart. I've been teaching our kids about what humility is. It's important. We teach it over and over again, and it's, it's a difficult concept to understand. Um... You know, but we're constantly just encouraging them, hey, it's, it's about not being so worried about yourself, not being so focused on yourself, not feeling like, hey, it's not very humble when you're trying to give everybody the answers to everything all the time, right? Just fixing all the problems. And Jesus says, I'm humble in heart. Like he, he, he wants to embrace you in your weariness. He wants to embrace you in your burden and your burden. He wants to give you rest. It's his promise to us. But we're going to have to take the next step to find that rest 
in our own life, through conversations, through moments in his presence. I've asked them to come back and sing that song we ended with, God with us. Because I feel like God wants to just move in this moment with us. Because he is here. And he is holy. And so just right now, wherever you're at, at home or in the room, I just want you to just make, maybe make your altar uh, right there at your seat. Or maybe you feel led to come up here. There's going to be folks to pray with you at the crosses. But I just want you to posture yourself for just a moment. And just ask the Lord, God, where am I weary? Where am I, where am I weary? Where do am I honestly, I have a burden, God, and I, I can't get it out of my head. I can't get it off my heart. It's just heavy on me right now. And I want you just to prepare yourself to come to him as you are. And maybe you're reflecting like on just this whole yoke thing and like you've been in the wrong yoke and his commands and the life that he's calling you into is just... It just feels burdensome, and I just want to remind you, we've got to get in the right yoke, and maybe we need to repent and say, God, help me, help me get in the right yoke with you and learn from you today as a, a true disciple, a follower, to learn of your ways. I want to pray with you, and they're going to lead us. We're just going to enter into a time of worship, a time of, of just soaking in his presence. And I pray in this moment that the burden would be lifted, the heaviness would be lifted, the weariness would be changed. Even if you're still physically tired when you come out of this moment, you're you're spiritually, you're in a different place. I believe this is God's heart. I think this is why God brought me to this text today and why you're in this place, why you're watching online is so that you don't carry the burden anymore. And so he's given you the rest, but you gotta take it. You gotta find it in this moment. You gotta press in and find it. God, we love you today. God, we thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us, who has come. Come that we might know you. We might know life abundantly, God. Help us to find our strength in you, in the right yoke with you, God. God, those who are weary in this moment, who are tired physically, emotionally, spiritually, help us to come to you, not to stand in pride, but God, to reflect you and your humility of heart as we come to you. We rest in your presence. That's what we do today. Jesus' holy name. Will you guys lead us?